Welcome to the Ripple Fishing Report. I'm your host, Brad Long. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Ripple Fishing Report. And on today's show, we're going to talk to Captain Jordan Todd over in uh, Port St. Joe. How you doing, Captain Jordan? I'm good, man. Just wet once again, dude. It just won't quit. Yeah, it's, uh, it's that kind of summer, isn't it? It is. It certainly is. We've got another tropical storm hitting us as we speak. It literally built up in two days and... Yeah, that one that one snuck in on me. I mean, I say that you you, but when we talked uh, before we started recording, um, I didn't realize it was happening like now, like literally right now. Right now, they literally in the last two hours, it's formed into a tropical storm, and now it's hitting. Which it's funny watching the Weather Channel. They say it's hitting forty miles east of Panama City and twenty miles west of Apalachicola. Well, they won't <laughs> say Port St. Joe. It's right. it's so funny how they will not say it's hitting port st joe <laughs> why do you suppose that is do they do they uh, just an awareness know. they may not even know you're there man oh well, yeah no one knows we're here well <laughs> no, i don't say no one because there's a lot of tourists but well, keep the weather channel way. just does not say you know they did mention uh mexico beach yeah uh one time but they will not say port st joe and as of right now the the center of rotation is going to hit st joe within the hour wow well, stay safe, no. man. No, it, it's fine. It's yeah, just going to be, you <laughs> rain. know, yeah. 40 mile an hour winds and rain, what we've been dealing with all summer. Yeah. A bunch of rain you don't need. No, gosh, no, we do not. It's literally my yards or pond right now, full of water. I bet. You know, what's funny is, uh, the last time we talked, you were telling me y'all were, I guess, tied up already in August with the average rainfall. And, uh, I talked to, to Justin over in, uh, Panama city and he told me the exact same thing. And I said, man, it's crazy you said that. I said, Jordan just told me that a few days ago about St. Joe. I said, and y'all are right there, so it makes perfect sense. that, that yeah, you're yeah, we're going to be way over the average yearly rainfall after yeah. all this. Yeah, for sure. So did the did anything have a chance to stabilize or, or clean up at all before this came in? No. No, I fished all day yesterday. Water was brown and dirty. There were some areas of of clearer water but it still had that red tint to it yeah um we caught some trout and redfish but it's just i mean it's it's just dirty yeah yeah and this uh this new batch of rain's not helping you is it it is not it's not at all i mean it's it's dumped probably three inches of rain on us today alone yeah do you um do you so at what point do you typically start leaning more towards fishing the Apalachicola area? Is it now? This time yeah, of year? Um, yeah, typically I, I try to stay over there July, August, September anyway. Yeah. Um, but right now, this last week, we've had an east wind. Um, the rest of this week is supposed to be an east wind at 15 to 20. So when it's blowing like that, then I have to – you know, stay over here in, in St. Joe Bay. Yeah. Yeah. What is it about the East wind? Is it just, is it just affect more of the Bay? Like it's harder to tuck in somewhere. Yeah. So Indian pass, uh, St. Vincent sound, Apalachicola, that Bay orients East and West. So when you, and it opens up wider toward further down East. So when you get a wind from the East, it just stacks up in the Bay. It turns everything up and there's really no, no, place you can hide where there's good water yeah um so saint joe bay because it orients north and south you've got a lee side on the easter side easterly side so 
which is the St. Joe side. So we can fish all of that. And then also the head of the bay is relatively shallow everywhere. So it doesn't get, uh, as rough or as churned up. Yeah. You know, I've got a question for you since you're an experienced boater. Um, and it, you just made me think of it cause I've always had the thought when I'm operating the boat in rough water, um, is it better to run shallower? Is it not as rough shallower? It doesn't seem to be. No, it's not. Um, it'll, it will be choppy, but the, normally the waves, if it's really windy, the waves will be very tight together in shallower water. So you can get on top. Yeah. Um, they don't stack up on each other and create, you know, the, the three to four foot chop. Yeah. So yes, if your boat can run shallow or you're an experienced boater, know how to run a boat shallow. Um, it will be a lot, a lot less rough or a lot less detrimental to you and the boat right. um, by by getting on top of the chop and running in shallow water okay because that's what i try to do just because my boat can do it and it's not a tunnel hole or anything i mean there's boats that can get way shallower than mine and be running but you know any kind of boat that floats in in shallow water you can run it in in a foot oh foot yeah and, a half. and and most people you know a lot of people don't realize that when a boat's on plane fully on plane and you got your motor trimmed up a little bit it's a lot, it runs a lot shallower than what you think. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, if it dead floats in, you know, eight, eight inches of water, let's say. You, oh, it'll run in six inches. Yeah, easy. You, you can run it about anywhere you want. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not personally, I'm not comfortable running on plane in a foot of water, but I mean, I do it, but I don't like it. Cause you know, you're, you're one piece of debris away from blowing something out, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I try not to do it. But, you know, I've just wondered because there's times when I'm like, man, I wonder if I hop over and just risk it in the real shallow stuff, if it would be a more comfortable ride. And I, and, and, and and sometimes I do it, but that that's kind of what I was thinking. I just figured you would know for sure if that's. Oh, yeah. Some some days, you know, if it's a high tide, like in St. Joe Bay, you can you can run anywhere in a, in a skiff. If yeah. you know if you know how to operate by trimming and trim tabs and, and to where you can run shallow. Yeah. Um. But, you know, on a high tide, you can run along the bank pretty much anywhere, you know, and there's not typically a lot of debris. There may be a log or stick here and there, but very rarely, um, no rock or anything in our bay. Right. So, you know, now on a low tide, it gets a little difficult. You got to know how to run the troughs, um, inside the sandbar and stuff like that. But I mean, there's days when it's been blowing so hard, I had to run my pathfinder, you know, inside the sandbar trimmed out and, you know, in, in a foot or less of water yeah um and i'm capable of doing it because i know how but but it, it also saves my people you know yeah well and I, that's i'm thinking more of wife and kids <laughs> you know when, yes, they, when they're involved yeah you don't you don't want to you don't want to break their back or beat their teeth out nope um by running out off the sandbar and you know running right into a, a heavy chop yep yeah that makes sense man and uh yeah so now i know i've been i've been thinking the right way yeah, and you know, and and a, for people that don't know how to run a boat shallow, is when you get up on plane and you trim your motor slightly to where you can hear the RPMs rev up a little bit. Um, so what that's doing is it's pulling the 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 prop up and it lifts your bow up, right? Um, from the force of the water being sucked to your prop, it actually lifts the bow out of the water. Um, you just got to know where you can and can't, how far to trim it up before you blow it out, which means it starts sucking air. Yeah. 
Um, or you don't want to trim it up so high you're not pulling any water uh, and you're revving up too high RPMs to blow the motor up. So you got to know that happy spot to where you can trim it up, you, you feel your, your bow rise, and that actually puts the boat on what they call the pad, okay, which is the last five or six feet of the stern of the boat to, to the motor. That's what they consider a pad. Yeah. And that is where your boat will ride the shallowest it can or is capable of while still operating, you know, where the, the motor is functioning and you're not going to blow it up. So now let me ask you this, cause I, I'll throw a wrench in that gear. So let's say you do that. So you're on, you're, you're running on plane and you, you do that. You, you find the, the sweet spot and then lift the bow. And my boat's small enough that when I trim up, it will actually lift the bow. I mean, you can physically feel it and see it lift. Um, uh-huh. But then I have trim tabs. So then would I trim that back down to lift the back end of the boat up a little bit? Uh, or do you, you just... can. So what a general rule of thumb is, is as you trim up and it lifts the bow, if you, if you, right when you start to porpoise, yeah, you know, porpoise means your bow's slapping it's coming yep. up and hitting coming up that's when i just tap the trim tabs down just barely tap them just enough to where it it quits the porpoising and then that's that's what i consider the happy spot okay because i do the same thing but i'll be honest i don't mess with my motor trim very often i usually leave well, it mo- most skiffs a lot of skiffs you don't have to yeah well and the thing is you know i can I, I, I'm wondering now, after talking with you, how it would run if I did that. You know what? What, I, what kind of changes I would see in in yeah. RPMs or or whatever. Well, your your RPMs will go up, but you you'll be able to run a lot shallower. And and you know, like my boat, I have a jack plate and trim tabs and trim, and it gets a little more difficult when you're running a bigger boat shallower. You got to know where all to put that stuff, but. Yeah. Um, you know, for most people, if they have to run shallow to stay safe, you know, or get out of something, you just trim your motor up until you hear that those RPMs start to rise. Yeah. And then, and then just keep it there. And then if it begins to porpoise, you just barely tap your trim tabs down until it quits. And then that's good. You don't want to put them down too much because then that puts a weird force on the boat by trying to shove the, the, the bow down with the trim tab up, your RPMs will rev really high and you and you'll actually put a lot of stress on your motor so my motor is probably running around real stressed and and i tell you why because what i do if it's if it's rough a lot of times i'll 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 bury the bow a little bit to the point because what will happen the reason i do it and i don't know if it's right or not but the reason i do it is because on those on bigger waves and stuff where where you're trying to it'll it'll allow the 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 bow of the boat to cut through the water as it's designed to do you know it, yeah. it begins oh, yeah. to take on like the the effect of a, of a bigger boat with a bigger draft you know what i mean yeah yeah and you if you're if you're trying to punch through waves then you don't want to trim the motor at all you right. want to keep the bow down and and that's that's when your trim tabs come into play it's called plowing you know you yeah just, you just shove it down and plow through them and, and i do that a lot having to go offshore when it's when it's real when the waves are swelly not yeah. just a big chop yeah. Um, I'll do that. But, you know, anytime you're running shallow and you're trying to get on top of a chop and trim run it up, it's, yeah, you want to trim your motor. That actually lifts lifts the boat out of the water. See, I bet I could run way shallower than I even am. Oh, I, it, 
you could give me your boat for one day and I'll scare you where you, <laughs> where you can run it. You just got to know you can't stop. Like right. once oh, you're yeah. in there, you're running and you don't come off plane, but it, you'll be surprised at what boats can actually run when you find that happy spot. Yeah, I need to work on finding that. And I've debated um, of, of adding uh, a jack plate at some point. And to be honest with you, it's a stupid reason, uh, and it's why I haven't done it yet because it's expensive for a reason that's so dumb. I just want to be able to lift the, the – when I'm pulling, I want to be able to lift the motor straight up instead of kicking it out. Yes, uh, yep, that, that helps you track while you're pulling. Yeah, yeah, it helps me track. And so what I've got to do now, and it's not the end of the world, I leave just the – the I don't I can't remember the technical the I leave basically the lower unit just the fin just enough of it where I can get a little bit of tracking out of it too the skeg yeah, just the skeg the skeg yeah and um the problem is it kicks it out and so I'm pulling and I'm pulling around the motor you know what I mean yeah yep oh yeah but uh, you know jack plates are a thousand bucks so it's like is that a thousand dollar problem it. they they're worth it man they 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 make the performance of a boat uh so much better. See, everybody, everything I've read says that, and I just don't know what to yeah. do with it. So what I'm afraid of is I'm going to get one and not know how to use it right and then end up getting nothing out of it. Well, that, that, that's the good part. You just say, hey, honey, I've got this new thing on the boat. I've got to go figure out how to <laughs> use it. I need to go take the boat out more often. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, i got to say, the, the problem with me getting out these days is not her telling me not to. It is the weather saying you have no business yes. coming down. Yes, the weather. <laughs> It's killing us all. Yeah, it really is. But uh, well, that's awesome, dude. I, I've uh, I've I think I do it right, you know. And but you can always learn and do things better, and that's that's kind of yeah. Uh, and and every boat's different, man. Every single boat, even my the two Pathfinder, the two twenty five Pathfinders I've had, I've had the same setup, same jack plate, everything on them, even. Those two boats were a little bit different spot of each, the jack plate and the trim. Like, yeah, every boat runs a little bit different. You just got to play with it to find that that good spot. Yep. And you know what? You do something like add a jack plate or cha- or get a new motor or do something like that, it's going to be completely different again. Yep. Changes it all. Yeah. Even weight. I mean, even you move batteries around or, or shift. When I'm running with a live well or no live wells full. I mean, it all, it, it changes the whole performance of everything. Yeah. You know what I find? And again, this is, this is small boat problems, but, um, usually it's me and another adult. Right. And, uh, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm an average size guy. And most of the time, uh, what happens is I find myself sitting in the middle behind the console. So there's two seats next to, you know, to my left, one to my right. So wherever mm-hmm. that other person decides to sit, we begin to lean. Yep. You know what I mean? Not much, but it bothers me. And so that's enough. A, you got to you got to hit a trim tab, yeah, right? Yep, yeah, exactly. And that's what I do. And like you said, that's that's the if you don't know how to work trim tabs, the way you explained it is exactly the way it was explained to me years ago when I got my first boat with trim tabs. That you just you tap it until it does what you're trying to get it to do, and that's it. You don't go beyond yep, it. Just, you, you don't just, just hold it tap. down. Yep, just tap, tap, tap until it finally reacts, and then because it'll react, you just won't see it. Oh yeah, you know. Oh yeah, there's some some micro skips are are real sensitive with trim tabs. If you hold it down and it plows one of them down, you'll you'll actually turn the boat and flip it. I mean, it's yeah, you've got, they, they're real sensitive. So just one tap until it reacts or responds, and just tap the other side or whatever. Don't just press them down. Yep. And and my boat is it's it's a six it's sixteen foot two, so it's not a micro skiff, but it's a small boat. 
And uh, yeah. and when if you, when you hold them down, because I know the boat well enough now, I will hold them down sometimes if I am trying to plow it. And mm-hmm. man, you'll you'll be wondering after a couple of seconds, like, is it going to stop? <laughs> like, is it just going to keep going <laughs> yeah. down? Because you can just watch it just plow and plow and plow. And it's like, yeah. man, how far are we going? You know. But uh, but yeah, those things are great. I will. I don't think I'll ever own a boat without them. No, heck no. And another thing uh, about about trim tabs is. Uh, so I use them for when I'm porpoising or needing to adjust weight and that kind of stuff. But the main time I use them is a hole shot, because man, you can you can drive that nose down and then hammer it, and it'll just pop yep. up on plane, and then you can back off of them and and just go. Yep, absolutely. And uh, and that's that's an awesome feature if you're a shallow water guy, because boy, you get it in some spots when. You know, you may have to idle a hundred yards to get off of it versus finding a hole and popping up and getting going. Popping up, yeah. You know. Oh yeah. So real quick, man, because <clears throat> I love talking about boats, as you can tell. Um, and I and I think the listeners are, are will get something out of this, so I don't mind spending time on things like that. But I want to get to the fishing in Port St. Joe. What what are you seeing, man? Or, or have you had some success, or is it slow? Yeah, uh, it is very slow. I mean, just finding, you know finding the spots normally St. Joe Bay for me is, is, is all visuals. You know, I I'm getting up to a spot and I've got to position the boat just right to put the baits in a certain little spot to where the fish should be traveling or, or sitting. Right. And with the water being so dirty, um, you know, in low light conditions, it's, it's making it tougher. It takes me a little while longer to just to find those spots where my clients can put, you know, throw their lures or bait. Yeah. Um, and, but I mean, there's, you know, the, the trout bite ha, is picking back up. The water temps are, are way lower than average this time of year, yeah, just because of all the rain. Um, but I think they've acclimated to all the fresh water. Yeah. Um, and there's tons of bait right now. So the, the trout bites picking up a little bit, redfish bite still good. If you can find them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, there's, a pretty good schools of black drum around they're uh they're kind of bunched back up getting moving back in on the flats so it's it's still you know it's looking like fall early just because of the water temps yeah so hopefully they don't you know bunch up and do their thing early and get out of here but if we could just ever get a couple weeks of no rain i think it'll it'll really fire off and be good yeah yeah, and, and I agree. I think if we could get a few weeks without rain and get some kind of reasonable temperature, you know, it it yep. won't it won't help things if it's a hundred degrees for those few weeks. But if we can get a reasonable fall, you know, just some you know, in the in the in the upper eighties or just something that's not in the nineties, I think it'll do yeah. us a lot of oh, good. Oh yeah. Well it's you know, it's gonna take a while for that water to warm back up. Yeah, uh, with it being so dirty because the, the sun's not gonna cut through it and heat it up like a microwave like normal That's um, true. but also the days are shorter you know they're getting shorter yeah um so you're not going to have as much sunlight to warm them up as fast so if, if we just get you know it can even be in the 90s for a week um i don't think the water is going to heat up super fast like it like it will june july or august but we just need no more rain. Yeah. Seriously. Like we keep saying that, but we really don't need any more. Yeah, rain. It's to the point now where it's, it's not a joke anymore. It's we really don't. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the good news though, is what you just said that the bait and the fish have acclimated. 
Um, because, you know, after, after these big rain events and especially with the summer that, that y'all have had, um, you know, you, you, you want to make sure those fish are, are not being run off because of the fresh water, you know what I mean? And, and to hear yep. that the bait's there, well, then the fish are going to find a way to be there too, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They'll, they will. And they're, you know, it's, it's actually been last couple of trips have been a little slow to start and they pick up, you know, during in the middle of the day, it's been some good bites you know, stuff like that. So, and if you can get around the scallopers, you know, luckily some of the areas that a lot of scallopers aren't, aren't, uh, congregated at right now is holding some fish. So it's, uh, it's, it's been better than I thought it would be despite all the conditions and, and mess we're dealing with. But yeah, you know, um, the, the last, the last podcast I did with, uh, with you, I think we talked about it some, but I know we talked about it when I talked to, to Justin. Um, we talked about fishing in these muddy waters and, and how to, you know, because what are you going to do? You don't just close up shop because it's muddy for a few months. You make the no. best of it and figure it out. and Make the best and explain to your people. You know, I always take a minute to explain, hey, guys, it may be slow. Water's dirty. We've had a ton of rain. Just bear with me. You know, it'll happen. Yeah. Just, just be patient. Right. And, you know, then things come up like, you know, outside of the visual element, like you said, and, and for me, you know, I like to inshore fish because of the visual element. I mean, that's yeah. what I enjoy about it. So it's, it's what I devote a lot of attention to, but there's other, you know, you got scent, the vibration and movement and just all kinds of other things that you may need to, to do more of, you know, if I'm bad about not putting scent on, on some of the baits, well, maybe this would be a good time to try to do that. You know, absolutely. Or, or working top waters that have a little more noise to them, or you know, just that kind of thing, just to approach it differently than you might otherwise because of the clear. Yeah. Oh yeah. And top water right now, I mean, there's bait all over the surface. Uh, fish are busting bait. It's just there's so much grass floating right now that top waters are tough. But if you find an area where there's not any or little floating grass, then yeah. top water bite right now can be very successful. Even even on throughout the day, middle of the day, just because the water is not gin clear anymore. Right. So, um, but there's a ton of bait on the surface. So fish are feeding, you know, near the surface. Yeah, that's good to know. And you know, the thing is, I mean, like you said, being able to do it in the middle of the day, a month ago, you wouldn't have done that, you know? No. So it's just that right now they're keyed in more on sound and smell and some of these things that, you know, a few months ago, it might've been more of a visual bite. Whereas now you, you just need to treat it different, you know? Yes, so, sir. You can't be afraid to try that sort of stuff, especially when, you know, you kind of have these these conditions that are that you just have to deal with, you know? Yep. Well, awesome, dude. Yep. Well, listen, tell everybody how to get a hold of you if they want to come down there. Well, do you do you guide much in the winter? Or do you take some time off? Um, I, I take a pretty good time off. Usually Thanksgiving to Christmas. Um I may run a few, but it's it's normally shallow water fly fishing. Um for normal clients that do it every year yeah i will you know people still want to call me I, I will take trips if if i'm here right um but i'm traveling a good bit hunting you know deer hunting duck hunting um and then i run pretty much every day from christmas to about new year's okay because there's, there's a lot of people in town and and you know clients from out of town have houses they're always here for christmas so yeah i'll run that week and then and then january one to the end of january i'm I don't run any trips. I'm gone. I'm I'm in Arkansas or somewhere duck hunting. Um, and then when I come back in February, I'm, you know, ready to start booking and, and running full time. Yeah. Well, tell us how to get up with you. 
when so if people uh, are best way ahead. yeah best ways give me a phone call it's 850-227-6550 i uh love to talk and have a conversation with you first um but if not you can always message me on facebook saltwater obsessions at facebook or instagram is saltwater underscore obsessions um and i'll i'll get back to you as soon as i can on any, any of those messages very good well, thank you, man, and uh, and thanks for uh, for for entertaining the idea of talking about boats for a while, because because it's not <laughs> no you know problem. when I started this thing I said you know we'll talk about fishing and boats and all kinds of stuff and and we really haven't talked about boat boats and boating as often as I probably would have expected, but uh, it's always a welcome subject for me because I tell you, man, uh, people don't uh, and I tell I tell my friends and family this all the time, and you you don't have to spend a lot of time on the water to see that. Uh, People don't have the the proper level of respect for how quickly the ocean can kill you when they're running yes, boats around. They, they do not at all. And uh, and so I try to not be that guy. And uh, and every now and then I like to ask people that know a lot more than I do about stuff that uh, you know, just to make sure I'm I'm doing it right. You know. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> well, cool, buddy. Well, thank you, and uh, and I'll get up with you next week, and we'll do it again. All right. Yes, sir. No problem. All right. Thank you, Jordan. All right.